started with yay <laughs> maybe that's because i'm not all going this time i've got yasmin i've got back up here I've got mark <laughs> and i've got yasmin and myself obviously oh <laughs> yes and everything sounds really clear so that's brilliant so all that praying to all the voodoo lords paid off so, <laughs> and so if you listen last week yeah i did and um i allowed a few of them to mount me and ride me for women I watch in my life and gave them some cakes and pigs and some whiskey and rum and that's what you have to do to you know get into the voodoo vibe as everyone knows I was apparently a powerful voodoo bitch in high school when in actual fact all I, all I mentioned once is about I was interested in poppets which has got nothing to do with voodoo so I kind of wish I had gone gotten into voodoo back then because it sounds pretty fucking awesome and I would have had all these badass powers very true. You've been a voodoo priestess or something by now. Yeah, and they genuinely would have had cause to fear me. <laughs> <laughs> I think you were too busy wanting to be a vampire at that time. That, that's true, yeah. I was more interested in being a romantic goth vampire. So. I mean, you can be both. <laughs> that wall. You can be both. Yeah, I suppose. There's a New Orleans connection. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think I'd rather be a voodoo priestess than a vampire now. Yeah, actually. So let's super, like. Yeah, this is probably the first time I've ever really read about voodoo where it's not just all voodoo dolls and yeah, that's dead and all this. So yeah, that's clearly voodoo a dolls. I researched especially in Haiti or is it Haiti? I can't pronounce that city, that that country right. It's so bad. Haiti. So in Haiti, it's more of um they do have little dolls and stuff, but it's not for negative purposes. It's more for benevolent purposes so they'll put it at a graveside or a tree or something and it's basically to be like a, a charm a good luck charm or something towards a person nothing to do with sticking pins in it or anything yeah. i think that's why i kind of got out of everything i was reading was that everyone has this really horrible image of her as all like dark magic or black magic and it actually all seems to be like really nice protective yeah. nice spells and stuff yeah um Along sacrificing a hold of things, but even the whole zombie stuff, it's not raising someone from the dead to go eat something. It's actually yeah. zombie stuff. But yeah, the zombie thing, I think when I read about it, is it's like there's a type of spirit, voodoo spirit, that can specifically control zombies or they can make people into zombies. But it's not like you're dead. It's basically you're like their puppet or something that you can yeah. control them. And whether that's for good or evil, I don't know. That they can also transform zombies into animals, which sounds cool. I that they like because back then also there was like slaves and stuff when this all first came about, and that they would raise people from the dead and actually use them as slaves. Well, like that. Yeah, 
that's probably the only nasty thing I read, actually. Well, I think every religion has its positive and negative sides. So, like, Christianity has, like, the devil. Islam probably has the jinn. I don't know what Jewish people have. <laughs> what, yeah. Mark? Well, same. They all have the devil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're in the voodoo, or the voodoo. There's various different names. Voodoo really comes, that word comes, it's like a French word or something. It was like coined in Louisiana when it was a French colony, but um, it, it's typically in uh, Haiti where it originated, or Africa. It was called voodoo or something like that. I don't know. Mm. It had different names. I think that's what, when I was looking into it with you saying like it's from different places and had different names, that's what I thought was most interesting about it is even going through all the different, not gods and goddesses, what are they called? L- L- Lawa. Lawa. Um, but yeah, I thought it was interesting that like they had ones that were based on like Irish deities and ones that were based on Nigerian deities and ones yeah. that were on Haitian yeah. deities and ones that were based on Egyptian deities and I just thought that was really interesting that it was such a big like like they'd just taken cool gods from everywhere and yeah. gone like we devs them we devs them. Because one of my favourites is Papa Legba and he's seen as a really weak old man but he's actually one of the most powerful ones because he has keys to the crossroads so he has the keys to, he controls which spirits go through from their, their world to our world and who gets to go like Mount Who He's sort of like a conduit between the dead or the spirits and the living. He is, because of that, because he has power over the sort of the, I don't know, the, the never world or something, he is associated with the Catholic saint. What is it? Who's the Catholic saint? Or the P- uh, Saint Peter, who lets you into heaven? Yeah. Yep. As, when you guys are researching it, because I couldn't work this out, so does Papa, is it Papa Legba? Yeah. Does, so does he grant you access to is it Ilugua, yeah. which is the crossroads or is are they the same sorry I'm not forming proper sentences are they the same god by two different names or does Papa Legba grant you access to Ilugua? everything that you just said basically um any what any if, if you're a voodoo practitioner and you want to get one of the attract one of any of the spirits in voodoo to mount you or possess you to gain their wisdom or their their knowledge he, you have to do a ritual for Papa Legba first so that he allows them in. You have to get mm. his permission. So Papa Legba is a very important loa in the voodoo religion. Um, Baron Samedi mm. is like the equivalent of death. So he has he's very similar to Papa Legba in a way, but he's more... He turns people into goths, basically. So <laughs> that's why I love Your him. Your favourite one. <laughs> yeah, if he possesses you, you basically want to wear a top hat and black clothes and dress like a like you're in a funeral parlour and start wearing black makeup and stuff. I fucking love him. And if he's, yeah. the one that's married to Mama Brigitte. Yeah, they have quite a few wives, I think. Papa Legba or Baron Smeddy has like three different wives. One of them is Yazuli, who's basically like the Virgin Mary, but she's very seductive. So although she's very coquettish and seductive and everything, she has the soul of a virgin. She's not physically a virgin, but spiritually she is. I find her fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. I don't even know what that means. Spiritually, I am, in fact, a virgin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That actually makes sense at all. I think Mama Brigitte was one of my favourite ones when I was researching it that I found because you know my obsession with like gods that become other gods like my whole Inanna, the goddess Inanna then became Jesus and all that sort of transferring stuff but I really like Mama Brigitte because obviously like she's 
so she comes from like Irish mythology originally, which is the Irish goddess uh, Brig, who's also yeah. one of my favourite gotcha. goddesses. Mm-hmm. She's like all, she's like the come on, Mark. goddess that. Have you been possessed by her and you can't get your words out? <laughs> Well, I've not checked, um, but I have <laughs> if you're possessed by her. But yeah, so ma'am, sorry, uh-huh. Brig is like uh-huh. the Irish god or the Irish Celtic goddess that like they had that kind of idea of the green space, so like that other dimension that's all sort of natural, and uh-huh. she rode the bridge in between the two of them. And then she's also the Catholic saint, Saint Bridget, who there's yeah. all these stories written about, about like the miracles she performed, but she's not real. She's just based on like bridge and then obviously is like kind of the bridge between our world and the heavenly world and then when I started reading about Mama Brigitte and then realized that obviously she's like a sort of basically that idea of that goddess was carried over to France they then made their own sort of French Celtic goddess out of her and then they took on the Seine which was Saint Bridget and then they when French people settled in New Orleans and that kind of was carried into Mm. Udu and she became Mama Bridget and that's like their goddess of the liminal space. And, you know, I'm also obsessed with liminal space. So that whole, like, Axis Mundi, the yeah. axis point between realities. So she's like the goddess that's in charge of the axis point between realities. So, yeah. So she could be sort of the female side of Papa Legba because they do discuss in Voodoo that each male Loa has their female equivalent. So. Mm-hmm. See, I think this is what was confusing me about everything was all of what was doing is like it's got all these connections with Catholicism mm-hmm. and like you're saying with all these different like so if you were say a farmer you would sort of yeah. create like the farmer spirit yeah but then they're not gods they're spirits so they're spirits yeah yeah so it's always linking to like Catholic saints so I'm like yeah. do they believe it is the, the spirits of these saints or is it something Totally no, different. they genuinely believe that they are genuine, like actual spirits, but they're spirits of they're, they're, there's like a great creator in voodoo, but and then they spirits of those saints, or I don't get that. A mixture. Confusing. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's confusing. They're like the equivalent of that saint, so they take certain like personality traits, traits of these saints, and then they sort of mix it in with their African equivalent. So like uh, Azuli is like sort of the Virgin Mary fertility goddess. And she's also, right, I find this really interesting that Azuli is very white and she doesn't like black people because she associates. <laughs> because in Haiti, if you're black, the blacker you are, the poorer you are. And yeah. the more light-skinned you are, the more wealthy you're supposed to be. So that's where her sort of, I don't know, prejudice comes in with that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Mama Brigitte would like her because although she's also one of the few like Haitian gods and goddesses that's white, um, she's all about like justice and equality, which again made me like her. So I feel like she did put the one you're talking about in the badge. (laughs) Fuck (laughs) you. Which is all that racists deserve, so it's all good. Yeah, she doesn't like. Yeah, like if if she possesses you, you tend to want to be very elegant and you only speak perfect French. You don't speak Creole or anything like that. It has to be perfect French. That's and she yeah, yeah, you would wear like really elegant clothes and have your hair all like nice and long. <laughs> and um yeah, and you would get all flirty and things like that. Um but they also said at the end of the possession the world is too much for her so she just ends up weeping so you end up like in a crying mess at the end of it. 
by the time she's finished with you and she tends to flirt with like people with lighter skin she doesn't favor darker skinned people <laughs> so i thought yeah i did say in my last podcast yeah that sounds a bit racist <laughs> <laughs> again i wouldn't like to be i'd rather be possessed by mama bridgie she um when she possessed well if someone claims to be possessed by her they basically just want like they get really really horny and <laughs> just really? basically want to fuck everyone but the way that you can tell whether someone is just super horny or whether they're possessed by Mama Brigitte is if you get like one of those death peppers and you insert it into yourself. Oh my God. Okay. Where? Your mouth? Not your mouth. Your, your anus? <laughs> that is one of the two possible options. Well, it's one of the two possible options. I don't have the one. A spicy asshole. <laughs> but then, if you're possessed by her, then the spiciness won't burn. It'll just, like, turn you on more. So then you can go, like, all right, that's why I'm so mentally horny. It's because Mama Brigitte is possessed me. Well, one of the male but was... Yeah. <laughs> just burn your arse because you've jammed the... Because <laughs> one of the male was has... I think it might be Baron Smeddy or one of them anyway. He um, dislikes... And again, this is what it said. I was reading this out. He said he, he particularly doesn't like white Europeans because they tend to be prudish. He likes people that are sexually open and a bit raunchy. So, which is why he's shagging Mama Brigitte. Well, probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, come on, I'm I'm a white European. I'm not a prude. That's true, but I feel like you know, quite I, I do agree with him. Quite a lot of white Europeans are prudish. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I think, so, Yaz, like, your question about are they spirits or are they gods and, like, do they think they're actually real? Did you guys uh, read about when you were researching Dr. John? Well, yeah, I know who Dr. John is because he was, I think he was an ex-slave or something. He taught, he taught um, Marie Laveau. He was her professor. So he's, did you cover this last week then that he's... No, uh, no, I only spoke about the Loa. I didn't cover any of that stuff. Well, he is a Loa now, so... What? Your question, (laughs) Yeah, so I was reading and uh, he is considered to be a Loa, so uh, you're right, he was, so he was a a Senghalese prince, and then he was enslaved, and then when he came to New Orleans, he, like, escaped the shackles of slavery and became, like, a teacher and a doctor as well, hence the Dr. John. And he's considered to be really, really lucky because his life went so well from then. So now he's like mm-hmm. the... I keep saying it wrong. Sorry, Leslie, can you say it for me again? Or the Loa. Say Loa. Loa. So he's now like the sort of Loa of luck. So he's considered to be like super lucky. But he only died in the 19th century. So yep. not like he's that. He's not a mythical being in the same way as the others that have been like lifted from other areas, mythical beings, he is definitely, as you say, an existent guy. But now he's considered to be a. Well, there is when you were saying that. Saints as well. Yeah, exactly. They were real people, living people that became part of the Loa. Because um, there was one, one of the Petros. I think he's called Petro Sean something, and he, he was a French sort of black slave or whatever. And he was treated badly or whatever. Like he was just he he ended up I don't know whether he was still a slave or he died a slave or something, but he ended up becoming a sort of a loa of war and to like sort of like black power type thing, like a black panther loa. Oh yeah, I think I read about this guy. Yeah, so he was real as well, but he he existed like in the seventeenth century, so he wasn't as recent as Papa John, obviously. But I like how they called him Papa or Baron, like. Papa, the reason why they call 
like my papa is because he is like a nice guy. <laughs> That's why they call him Papa. Like the Papa, the Pope kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Mama, Papa, Petro, they're bad. Mother Superior type thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was reading about Marie Laveau and yeah. I don't know if I like her or not, to be honest. Okay, I'm interested <laughs> in this. <laughs> kind of, well, so it's got, like, so she's sort of, her mum and dad, like, I think, I can't remember which way down it was, but her, what one's black and one's French, so she's mixed race, but she was yeah. born like, a free woman of colour, as they called it back then. Um, and she's like, yeah, she's just an absolute sort of voodoo priestess. And she was said to, like, pretty much own the streets that people would go to her for favours. So she would do sort of all the voodoo things of sacrificing animals and granting people favours. Um, but so she, like the, oh, I can't remember what it was that made me like really not dislike her, but basically it was as if she kind of thought very highly of herself. And then she had a daughter as well with the same name who was really overly public, like the way that you get these kind of traveling salesmen type thing. So yeah. she's obviously doing it to get really rich as well. Um, yeah, she was really wealthy. Yeah. Um, she came from a wealthy family. Yeah. And she was very staunchly Catholic, but she also, I think, because she met that Papa John, yeah. that's where Voodoo came into it. And I think she was sort of like a, well, she classed herself as like a healer or, I don't know, like you said, to do favours for people. Yeah. But I think if she did that, maybe she wanted something in return, but they didn't really mention that, you know. And it also mentioned that she had slaves herself. That That's the thing, that's literally what I was about to say. It was like, right. confirmed that she had actually, she had seven slaves during her lifetime. I'm like really like you actually have a black background as well and you have slaves and yeah. it just completely put me off her so much but then I don't know but back think, then it was so normal that you have slaves yeah well so, I was gonna say yeah. like I think a lot of people forget that in those times freed slaves because they're free they were also free yeah. to take on slaves themselves and many of them did I don't yeah. know how that works in terms of like I don't know, it conflict the like, morals and things like that. I just think it's repugnant. But at the same time, it's like maybe money and power corrupts. And they think, well, I yeah. can get slaves now myself because so, I've got the money to do so. It, maybe it's a power symbol or status or maybe symbol. For some people, like having a slave is just like having like housekeeping. So it's not that you're actually like beating them up and treating them like crap. But it's like this person is your housekeeper or something. Maybe don't <laughs> I really, really don't know, but I just found that really, really strange. No, I get what you mean. Like, she could have been a shit person, but then at the same time, maybe she took on slaves so that they wouldn't be enslaved by somebody else. And yeah. she, I suppose it's difficult to know whether she was doing it mm. for the right reasons or the wrong reasons. Yeah. What else? I just, that was all I read about the It totally just threw me off. Um, but yeah, so she was seen as being like a healer through all her herbs and also doing favours for people. Um, I think that found really interesting was that so today people go to her tomb like tourists and they you can go ask her for wishes even though she's dead which I didn't really understand so you can draw like an X on her tomb and then you shout out what your wish is and if it comes true then you go back and draw a circle on it but yeah, yeah I've seen pictures of it it's weird it's like totally covered in crosses <laughs> that's people like asking for wishes yeah her spirit I guess so does that also make her like a lower well maybe that's what it is it's like praying to a revered priestess or something maybe they still think she's got powers beyond the grave and I don't know where that urban maybe that, that was an urban myth that came about I don't know who spread it maybe her daughter did who knows yeah 
but she's just seen... to keep her legacy alive maybe yeah well it's quite but yeah she seemed like she's an absolute voodoo queen or voodoo priestess that's kept being referred to um but yeah there's nothing overly specific other than that and then she's just this there... amazing voodoo priestess really. i mean is there anything that you maybe admire about her <laughs> No. <laughs> Don't take too long to think. Of that. I mean, like someone like, taking money off of people. Someone taking money off of people to do voodoo magic. Mm-hmm. That, that I don't know. <laughs> I'm just. I'm sure I mean, some people say that's amazing, but there is animal sacrifices in voodoo. Yeah. It happens because yeah. all the laws have certain animals that you have to sacrifice to attract their attention so that they possess you and things like that like many of them are like goats or roosters or particular colors like red russet hens um there is one law that only likes uh vegetables or certain trees which i find quite cute yeah (laughs) they're not sacrificing an animal but they like depends on the situation or where they're based like there's an agricultural law like you mentioned jasmine who's a bit of a kiwi chap um (laughs) and that if you give him any food he'll just immediately pocket it and hide it away and there's one like kind of bad petrol loa that people love to attend these rituals when they're trying to attract this one because her sacrifice is a a whole pig so they know that if they go to one of these um rituals for her that everyone gets to eat <laughs> even though she's a bit of an evil spirit but then i found it quite interesting when i was looking at the rota and the pet the petrol mm-hmm. and uh-huh. the petrol because yep. Again, with like it being sort of layers upon layers of different cultures arriving and things like that, and the rota are older, so they're like the cold. What they called them the so rota means like cold loa because mm-hmm. they're like more calm and cool. Yeah. But that's the ones that originally started in like in Africa. Yeah. Belief. Um. So they're ones that like sort of look out, make sure people are being moral and that people are following principles, and then the Petro uh, means hot loa, and although they're considered to be like aggressive, some people think, or some like voodoo practitioners think, it's it's not that they're necessarily bad. It's that they're aggressive because they were introduced by like Haitians who had been sold into slavery. Mm. So they're, they're aggressive in order to be like defensive. Yeah, because a lot of them are like warlords or associated with battle. Like one of them was like one of the petrol, sh- that guy that I mentioned earlier, he represented like the Haitians rebellion against their cult- oppressors or the French or whoever it was. I think it's French, French people that mm. colonized them. Um, There was like an uprising in the early 19th century and he was their mascot for their personal law for that time. So whenever you've got a battle to get through, then you would call on these Petra ones. I suppose they represent yeah, like the anger and oppression of the people. Like one of the other ones I really liked was a uh, Yansha. I don't know if you talked about her last week. Um, and it's just it's a similar thing to what you're saying. Like she was one of these Petro, so like she represents female empowerment and righteous anger. So basically, like if you're a woman that's being fucked about, you would yeah try and get her to mount you because you would want to be strong and yeah, yeah. Like do it for mm-hmm. you want to have that strength and to be able to use your righteous anger to like destroy anyone who's wronged you they believed that she was like the god the goddess of wind and fire so you're like basically well that like gale force winds exploding fire like you're 
yeah. up because they fucked you over. And I like that idea. Yeah, that's why I was saying, like, if I'd actually studied voodoo for real back then when I was getting bullied for it, I would have called on Petra's people like that to raid me. And I would have, like, <laughs> like I say, they would be in trouble. Cause... I think you would be um, a wonderful conduit for your answer. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> very, very good test. So it's actually, yeah, yeah sorry. I was going to say, like, along with both of them, like, that, it kind of makes sense. Do so you think if you had like all these people from like West Africa being brought to like or was, um, New Orleans or whatever, but a lot of them because mm-hmm. they were slaves, they were getting forced to convert to Catholicism. Yeah. They're yeah. having to actually put aside. So it makes sense that a lot of them are turning to like um, like these kind of kick-ass goddesses and gods, like to actually. Yeah, and I suppose it's a way of keeping like their that. culture alive yeah. by mixing it together with. Yeah. And it's something that they have alone for themselves, not yeah. out there. Like, that's their thing that they have control over. Yeah. Rather well, than... To mix it with Catholicism, mm. to make it look like they're still following Catholicism, but they're actually still following their own things. Because the people that didn't convert were getting, like, much persecuted and killed and stuff. So they maybe had to just hide their own religion under being Christian. And it's the thing you were talking about with like Christianity and being prudish and like everybody not mm-hmm. like sex. So mm-hmm. I like that the the goddesses that they kind of took on from Christianity. So like the one you were talking about, like yeah, really, mm-hmm. but it's like oh yeah, she like she's got a virginal spirit, but she actually loves shagging basically. Yes. Like, <laughs> like the one that they took on from Saint Bridget, where they're like yeah, Mama Brigitte, like. She's also in charge of the liminal space, and she loves shagging. Like, she shag anyone, though, but um, Isley will only shag white boys. Yeah. <laughs> well, the so Again, part of the reason why I'm a big fan, queer icon, she doesn't mind who she shags. She'll shag anyone of any race or any gender. I've gone plenty of fuck. That's my thing is like about Marie Laveau as well it's like yeah. her, even though she did all these like hocus pocus stuff she ran a hairdresser or a hair parlour only for what, rich white women shut up I thought that was an American horror story I thought that so that's oh. why she's a hairdresser in American yes, horror she's a hairdresser story because that sorry I totally forgot this that was like her oh her I thought that was profession. just some, I thought that was just no. something they made up in American horror story because see um she's in American Horror Story, Marie Laveau is alive because she somehow found a way to, I think, with Papa Legba to, like, defeat, cheat death. So she's, like, immortal. And um, that woman... That's how she's um, still got what she's... <laughs> no, La she Lori, for yeah. rich white women. So even that was a bit, like, really, you're only going to, like, do posh people. And her husband was... Her first husband, he was kind of mixed race as well but when he died she then went into a domestic partnership with a white guy and to me it just seems like oh you're just as racist as well so you, you only serve so white people you might have a white guy and have slaves yeah yeah, yeah I would not approve nah <laughs> she's obviously a, a fan of Yuzuli then she obviously mm-hmm. thinks that Yuzuli's the better Loa for her in terms of like racial racial things, but maybe back then it was better to be seen as white than black because she was treated better. Yeah, and then... she'd associate more with white people than mm. black people that were beneath her. I don't know. Yeah, I suppose in American Horror Story she had like a salon for black women mostly, and she did favors for people 
they didn't quite say it was for rich white women. It was more of a black salon, <laughs> and she could control it's people. Like, it wasn't just a white salon. It was like white upper class, like rich white women. I love that. No, because maybe <laughs> no, as I'm saying that I love it because maybe maybe she could she could yeah maybe it was a cover and she could find out like all the gossip from them and then find out what was going on in the sort of white world of it and then take that to like I think she did help I think she only helped people who paid her basically I don't think she did it out of the kindness of her heart. No, oh, she, she took that was what I was saying I don't really yeah. like it. Like she's granting favors for people in need. It's you have to leave her an offering or leave her something, and then she'll grant you favors. So she's acting like she is a loa herself because you can only get a loa to ride you if you offer them their favorite drink or favorite foods or Mm -hmm. sacrifice their favorite animal or wear their favorite color or smell. So she's sort of doing the same thing. Yeah, that's yeah, like bit above herself. So. Um, Dr. John become like a Loa and then just decided that she wanted to do that but obviously Dr. John was going around like helping people mm. off back so it's not really the same thing yeah I yeah. think people of, um, in New Orleans have stopped people coming to her grave now because there's too many people going there trying to get, gain favours from her and obviously they're just like graffitiing on her tomb so much that they've it's much like Oscar Wilde's tomb or Oscar Wilde's memorial or grave, whatever. People go in and kiss it, oh. apparently, because really? I don't know, maybe he said something about give me a kiss or some like after I'm dead. or I don't know what, what he said, but why people thought or unless it was in one of his books or his poems or something, people would go up to Oscar Wilde's grave stone and put lipstick on and then kiss it. So it's covered in like mouth. <laughs> so weird. How'd you catch Corona? I was kissing my grave. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And the same with Jim Morrison's grave. A lot of people, hippies would go there and like draw stuff on it and like homage to him. Um, So they ended up having to like block that off from people desecrating it. But I don't think John Morrison would, uh, Jim Morrison would have gave a fuck about that. No. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with people, honestly? (laughs) Oh dear. Speaking of voodoo dolls, right? They're in New Orleans. They're, have you heard of the Grigri? No. So instead of voodoo dolls, although in New Orleans, obviously for the tourists, they'll like play up the voodoo thing, like voodoo dolls, and they'll have them for sale. It's been very, very, very commercialized and whatever. But actually, they did have something called Grigri, which was a curse. So it's a cursed doll. So that is the actual voodoo doll thing. It's a Grigri. But I researched into what where the word Grigri or what a Grigri was and where it came from. So Grigri, it's spelled G-R-I-S, G-R-I-S. So I thought at first it was pronounced Grizz Grizz. Yeah. <laughs> turns out it's Grigri. Like <laughs> and, I look, um, and it originates from the um, East African religion where voodoo originated. And actually at first it was... It was like a certain sort of powder or something like that that was put in a pouch. So it was like a talisman that you would Ooh, keep. That's in the X-Files, actually. Then they had like a voodoo thing. Yeah, like the guy made a voodoo doll, but the way he would like activate it was to get like a picture or something of the person and then put that grey powder on them as well. Yeah, and he put the grey powder on it. their bed. The grey grey. Oh, I have heard of it then. I just don't know what it's called that. Yeah, so originally it was a pouch and it was something that you would carry on your person to protect yeah. you from evil spirit uh, or you would bury it somewhere 
like next to a grave or something. But you could also use it for evil purposes, for like for cursed purposes. And they put that in the Grigri dolls and they would basically hammer it into a tree or something above someone's grave. I don't know, to curse her family or do something bad. So it could be used for good or evil. Yeah, but that Grigri stuff, that powder is in like a lot of X-Files episodes whenever anyone's doing (laughs) any sort of memory. I've, I've been binging on the X-Files for the past few yeah. years. And like a, few, a couple of years ago, me and David just decided to watch all the seasons of the X-Files. And I loved yep. it. I've I didn't like it when Mulder left. <laughs> I'm now on the season where he's not in it anymore. And I'm like, yeah, they bring in that Monica bitch. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of her. Um, but yeah, they use it in so many episodes. And there's one where Gatch has voodoo dolls. And he sort of breaks into their house and he puts the powder on their bed as well and he has the little like kind of pouch like you're saying but he would make little voodoo dolls of them and like yeah because that's what they did in in louisiana for the greedy they would put them in the doll so they wouldn't put pins in they would use the powder and then use like the pouch and bury it somewhere and it wasn't used to like it's not like when you broke like bent back a leg or something that the same would happen to the person um, well I'm trying to think of other kind of voodoo stuff in movies what's for instance child's play uh, don't know. there was another X-Files episode though where they were in New Orleans and it was like Haitian people as well but they were prisoners yes. and basically someone oh, I can't remember what was, the guards were really awful or something but one of the prisoners was put to death like wrongfully he was like yeah, a time. And then basically he's then called back because he practices voodoo. So he then comes back and as a spirit and kills the people that have wronged them. And the, the thing is, all the prisoners believe in it because they're all patient and they all believe in it as well. And it's, it's really, really interesting, actually. So he wasn't really a baddie spirit, but he was coming back for his revenge. So he sounds like a Petra, a Petra uh, Loa type of thing. Um, but yeah, Child's Play, Chucky. Or Charles Lee really, he claims that he practices voodoo. I think he doesn't really, but then he manages. I don't even know where this comes from because I've not seen this in voodoo anywhere. So I think it's just something they made up. That when he was shot by the cop in the first Child's Play, he wanted to transfer his soul into an object. So Mm. he found the first thing that he saw was like that doll. So he put his hand on the doll and started chanting something. And then that was his spirit inside the doll. But then what it was, his, the more, the longer his spirit was inside the doll, the more sort of it would turn to flesh. So he would develop like organs and stuff like that. So like, I remember the board the end of the movie, he actually had a beaten heart and stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fucking weird. Such a stupid film. That's why he wanted to get into, he wanted to escape. I think he only had a certain time limit before he became completely flesh so that maybe that was that trapped him inside that doll forever and that's why he was so yeah. desperate to get into the body of the wee boy vincent or whatever his name no that's the yeah, actor that plays him. yeah <laughs> it could be a real <laughs> there's, definitely, there's definitely stuff in voodoo though about not spirits being able to come back in that sense but i really like reading about like how they build altars in their home for family members or friends mm-hmm. over, and you yeah basically like you their spirit will like reside in the altar you built for them, but then it would say you have to be really careful because if there's like two family members that didn't get along, or say like the two of you fell out, and I was in a retirement home and built a little voodoo altar and put both of you on it because <laughs> like, 
<laughs> if you were then still cut off while you were on the altar, it would like bring bad luck to the whole retirement home because uh, me and Yasmin are like arguing in, in the <laughs> afterlife. <laughs> bad vibes. As well. So if you guys both passed away and about an altar and you guys got along as well as you currently do, then it would mean that like my house had like positive vibes and was calm because you guys yeah. were um, and the altar was calm. But then well, what if you didn't build it to people who hated each other? And you yeah. Well, you would, that's a risk you take. Yeah, that's better. You'd have like, to appeal yeah. to Papa Legba to crack our heads together. <laughs> yeah, it was being like, um, you have, that's why you have to be careful because if you don't know that they secretly have like fallen out or there's some sort of secret issue going on there and then you trap them and they alter together and that's going to like bring your whole home bad luck. Um, Yasmin, can I ask you something? So if you yeah. were a Loa and I wanted you to ride me... <laughs> What would I have to do to lure you in? What would I have to offer you that you'd be like, yes, I'm getting <laughs> stuck right in there? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so do you like food and stuff, right? Yeah, and well, what do you like? Uh, what, what, uh, what, what would you like to be offered to you in order for me to, like, for you to mount me? <laughs> and, and I would gain all your wisdom, obviously. Pistachio <laughs> um, <laughs> ice cream or anything okay. caramel one. Mm. Give me all the caramel. And what about drinks? Um, coconut. 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 Yeah. Coconut water. No, like an actual. You know when you get like when you're in Asia and stuff, and they give you an actual coconut. I have no like, idea crack. what that tastes like. Oh, it's so good. Is it? So good. Because yeah, like, like tasted coconut, coconut water and it's a fucking bogging. No, it's when you get an actual coconut and right. you just take the top off and you put a straw in it. And, you and just does it taste it. sweet? Yeah. Right, okay. It's not like crazy sweet, but it's sweet. But it just okay. reminds me of like just being on like so, a pistachio ice cream and he smear that all over myself <laughs> and then spit out some coconut milk and then Yasmin will appear. What about you, Mark? What do I have to do to lure you? Uh, my food would be pineapple and my alcohol would be rum. You sound like Papa Legba. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking loves rum. He also likes tobacco. For me, it would have to be like really, really pungent scuff or <laughs> like weed. <laughs> like really high grade quality shit. Like That's proper green. And I would like you not to sacrifice anything, but I would like you to present me with a nice cute kitten. And Ooh. also I would love um, an, an old fashioned, so basically whiskey mixed with syrup. Ooh, That's well. what I would like. Thank you very much. And a margarita. Tequila. <laughs> I mean, you've got quite the list. I don't want much. <laughs> you have to smoke. Things in life. Yeah, you can't just present me with the weed. You have to actually light it and smoke it and lure me in that way. Uh, on this with the smell of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And I'll ride you all night long. <laughs> <laughs> well, but then what would you be your thing? You know how you saying that like, when one of them like rides you, then you get a yeah. certain characteristic? Yeah, you become that person. Like, so what would your characteristic be if you've mounted um, them? I think I'd be laughing. So the person that I would possess would end up laughing hysterically a lot, just like a hmm. maniacal laugh. And yeah, very like kind of dark humour. Um, and the sort of, I don't know, the wisdom that I would probably impose on them was is the art of not giving a shit. That's a good one. Thanks. Yeah. What about you? What would you do to me? I don't know. You'd have to have some, like, decent quality to give. 
He hasn't done so he's not getting any decent qualities, I can tell you. Oh no. <laughs> I think you've got good morals and like I think really, like serene. Yeah. Like if someone was possessed by you, they'd just have like a very Elegant. chill aura about them. Yeah. What do you guys but think? You're <laughs> same type. Don't fuck with you. Like you're serene, yeah. but if anyone fucks with you, you'll stand your oh, ground. Oh. And I think then get their head chopped off. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> so, like, when people call you hooks because you've got the really small voice, but you're actually quite, you've got a bit of a bite behind you. <laughs> yeah. That's you. Yeah, I'll, think, I'll take that. They'll be all, like, calm and chilled out until someone messes with them, and then they get their yeah. heads or their balls chopped off. <laughs> and, Mark, what, what would you be like? Um, to ride someone, what, how would they end up? I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm currently surrounded by plants and uh, I like gardening nowadays. So I feel like if you just wanted to get like in about your garden, like some of me with pineapples and rum, I'll shag you and then <laughs> just do a little bit of horticulture. I feel like yours would be some sort of like wisdom or something. Oh, thanks. Right, no stuff. It'd be quite wise. <laughs> My immediate thought was they'd go and read a book, and then I was like, that's not very exciting. Well, it's the same thing. People have done. They'd suddenly, like, like, say they had a problem with something they really, really didn't know what to do, so you'd be the one that they would pray for or whatever, and then they would just suddenly know how to fix their problems. And you'd get a nice route out of it as well, because you'd go and shag someone. I think voodoo is quite a fun religion to be fair I, I'm into it I'm very much into it I think there's a bit of a pick and mix there of who you want but yeah. you do need to always include Papa Legba if you need to summon anyone if I want to summon you Yaz I couldn't do that without asking Papa Legba to allow you in he controls who comes through the gates or not there's 60 million people that practice voodoo yeah wow yeah, yeah. I wonder how many practice we do in the UK. Must be a few. Mad. I just generally didn't realise it's such. Particularly in Haiti, it's still the biggest religion there. I think I remember seeing a programme of, um, there's a British comedian, Ramesh Raganathan, and he did a programme about going to visiting countries that people don't tend to go to, that tend to be avoided. So he went there to Haiti and learned all about voodoo. And they have entire marketplaces dedicated to every type of thing you could need for That's voodoo so practice or voodoo rituals, everything really. you want. And he went himself to um, to see a voodoo like shaman, and that's what happened. They basically act as if they've been possessed, but they need like to work themselves up into a trance or something, offer like alcohol sacrifice animals things like that and then in order to become an oracle for that person like whatever he needs that's what they'll do to like like give them wisdom or advice from whatever the spirits they need advice from yeah it's pretty cool so it's a helpful thing it's not like they're all all about just vengeance and killing people and stuff it's actually a, a very benign religion it's it's basically maybe about like the native americans where you have your your witch doctor or your your shaman that if you need help therapy or something healing yeah you go to them you go to your local voodoo priest or priestess but again when i was reading about it being like layers upon layers of different things it did say that most of their um 
sort of healing ideas do come from Native Americans because it said it started mm. off in like East Africa and that's where they had their rota and then it moved into America and then when it arrived there obviously they had like Haitian people come in and that's where they got the petrol and then they started to get some of their loa from the French and Spanish influence that were like your sort of Catholic based loa and your um, like sort of European pagan based Loa yeah. and then they started to get all of their ideas about healing and most of that was drawn on the stuff that they liked and agreed with that they would go and see um sort of Native American healers for so it is like all of that combined which tumbled up it's pretty cool was was Candyman did that have to do in it or was that just a ghost no I don't think I had Candyman interviewed a vampire a bit of voodoo in it a little bit. bit. Um, oh, before right, I'm just want to wrap that the post uh, the po- uh, podcast up. I've got I found a story which I found really interesting, and it's about the legend of the voodoo priestess who haunts a Louisiana swamp. Ooh. I found this on mentalfloss.com to credit them, and it says here that in the Manchac wetlands, about half an hour northwest of New Orleans, are thick with swampoos. In the summer, the water is pea green, covered in tiny leaves, crawling with insects. You get the idea. Cypress trees, you know what it looks like. Alligators, and you can imagine. There was once home to a now abandoned logging town of Ruddock. But some say anyone entering the swamp should be aware of a more supernatural threat. The curse of local voodoo queen, Julia Brown. Now, see, when I read the name Julia Brown, I immediately just imagined a white woman for some reason. <laughs> but she's she actually a black, black woman. Yeah, yeah. And just got given names like black and brown. Yeah, and I know. I just have their real name. I guess you just, nowadays, you don't really get a lot of African-American people with sort of anglicised names like that as much. But... Brown, sometimes called Julie White or Julia Black, okay, is described in local legend as a voodoo priestess who lived at the edge of the swamp and worked with residents of the town of Frenier. She was known for her charms and her curses, as well as for singing eerie songs with her guitar on the porch. One of the most memorable and disturbing went, one day I'm going to die and take the whole town with me. Now, when you hear that, what do you think? What's your immediate thoughts? Uh, I imagine that like being sucked into sinkhole. Right, but do you think she means I hate every cunt in this town, and when I die, you cunts are all coming with me? <laughs> see, That's see, when you were talking about the start, like at the start, I was thinking, oh, maybe she's like one of the good ones, and like that's why she's near this little town and well, kind of helps people. But I don't know about after that last bit. So back when Brown was alive, which was at the turn of the 20th century. The towns of Ruddock, Frenier and Napton were prosperous settlements clustered on the edge of Lake... Now, I don't know how to pronounce this right, but I think it's Pontchartrain. Uh, sustained by logging, the centuries-old cypress trees and farming cabbages and the thick black soil. The railroad, ra- the railroad was the town's lifeline, which brought all sorts of foods, groceries from New Orleans and hauling away the logs and cabbages as far away as Chicago. They didn't have any roads, they didn't have any doctors, they didn't have any electricity, but they had managed to carve out a cohesive and self-reliant communities. But that all changed on September 29th, which is David's birthday, uh, 1915, when a massive hurricane swept in from the Caribbean. 
In Frenier, where Julia lived, the storm surge rose 13 feet and the winds howled at 125 miles an hour. Many of the townsfolk sought refuge in the railroad depot, which collapsed and then killed 25 people. Altogether, close to 300 people in Louisiana died of almost 60 in Frenier and Ruddock alone. When the storm cleared on the 1st of October, Frenier, Ruddock and Napton had been entirely destroyed. Homes flattened, buildings demolished and miles of railway tracks washed away. One of the few survivors later described how he'd clung to an upturned cypress tree and shut his ears against the screams of those drowning in the swamp. So people thought, well, well, I don't know, she did. The hurricane seemed to come out of nowhere. But if you listen to the guides who take tourists into the Monchon swamp, the storm was a result of the wrath of Julia Brown. Brown, they say, laid a curse on the town because she felt taken for granted. A curse that came true when the storm swept through on the day of her funeral. Oh, right, there's your answer then. Oh, so no, that's how she died and took everyone with her. Yeah, so she, her funeral was on the same day as this big hurricane oh, that devastated the town and killed everyone around. So on certain tours, the guides take people past a rundown swamp graveyard marked 1915. It's a prop, but a good place to tell people that Brown's ghost still haunts the swamp as do the souls of those who perished in the hurricane. The legend of Julia Brown has become the area's most popular ghost story, spreading to paranormal shows and even Reddit, where some claim to have seen Brown cackling at the edge of the water. Uh, So this person who wrote the article said that he visited the swamp and he heard Julia Brown's story. He got curious about separating fact from fiction. So it turns out that Julia Brown was a real person, Census records suggest she was born Julia Bernard in Louisiana around 1845, then married a labourer named Celestine Brown in 1880. About 20 years later, the federal government gave her husband a 40-acre homestead plot to farm property that lately passed on to Julia after her husband's death around 1914. Official census and property records don't make any mention of Brown's voodoo work, but that's not entirely surprising because... A modern New Orleans voodoo priestess, Bloody Mary, <laughs> told Mental Floss that she has found references to a voodoo priestess or queen by the name of Brown, who worked in New Orleans around the 1860s. So she would have been a contemporary of Marie Laveau. Yeah. Before moving out to Frenier, Mary notes that because the towns had no doctors, Brown likely served as a local healer or trateur, a folk healer in Louisiana tradition and midwife using whatever knowledge and material she could find to care for the local residents. So her song is documented too. An oral history account from longtime era resident Helen Schlotterberg records that Aunt Julia Brown always sat on her front porch and played her guitar and sang songs that she would make up. The words to one of the songs she sang said that one day she would die and everything would die with her. There's even one newspaper account from 1915 that describes Brown's funeral on the day of the storm. In the words of the New Orleans Times, Picanion, I don't know, I'm really bad with French, from October 2nd, 1915, it says, Many pranks were played by wind and tide. Negroes, now, of course, this was written back in a time where these words were, like, normal, okay, so don't take offence. Negroes had gathered for miles around to attend the funeral of Aunt Julia Brown, an old negress who was well known in that section and was a big property owner. 
The funeral was scheduled and Aunt Julia had been placed in her casket and the casket in turn had been placed in the customary wooden box and sealed. At four o'clock, however, the storm had become so violent that the Negroes left the house in a stampede, abandoning the corpse. The corpse was found on Thursday and so was the wooden box, but the casket has never been found. So it ends with Bloody Mary, the, the modern voodoo priestess said, she doesn't think that Brown laid any kind of curse on the town. Voodoo isn't as much about curses as it is about healing, she says. The locals she has spoken to remember Julia as a beloved local healer, not a revengeful type. In fact, Mary suggests that Julia's song may have been more of a warning to the townsfolk than a curse against them. Perhaps Brown even tried to perform an anti-storm ritual and was unable to stop the hurricane before it was too late. Whatever she did, Mary says, it wasn't out of malevolence and it's as if she's still in the swamp. You'd have less to fear from her than from the alligators. So, like, you were right, Yasmin. She wasn't evil. She didn't want to take all the time with her. She was more likely to be a nice person. Yeah. But she predicted her own death as well. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Quite cool. I I think it just shows you another example of how people, when they hear about, think about voodoo, they automatically assume that it's about curses and Mm -hmm. when it's not. Yeah. Quite nice. I like that. So, yeah. I think food is cool. Uh, also, yeah. food is cool. What about you, Yaz? Yeah, learnt a lot. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really, really interesting. Yeah. So what are we going to talk about next week, guys? Uh, well, I picked this one, so... Yaz. Yes. You should pick. Yeah, Liz, it's your turn. <laughs> is it my turn? I think it is your turn. No, yeah. I think it's Yaz's turn. We're going to fall out and you're going to like make a shrine and we're going to curse your <laughs> household. The retirement home will be shite. No, no. Oh, I'm so bad at thinking up stuff on, on the spot. I have to have me think. I'm so bad at doing stuff on the spot for you. <laughs> I, I know. Why don't we talk about... So you know how like Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone? So the uh, Philosopher's Stone's all about alchemy. It's... So apparently it's the philosopher's stone. I really thought you were going to say, why did we talk about Harry Potter? Oh, <laughs> Harry Potter, he's an arsehole. Definitely not doing that. <laughs> well, a lot of the stuff that Rowland took and put into Harry Potter does come from genuine myth and legends. So I there is that. Like Dobby's basically a brownie, but he's ugly as fuck and pathetic. There's brownies where brownies just didn't like if you presented brownies with a nice set of clothes they would fuck off yeah but it wasn't because they were enslaved it was because they didn't they felt they felt they were too fancy to hang around you anymore well i already know this because as you know my dad's a brownie your dad's a brownie (laughs) (laughs) so yeah let's talk about alchemy okay and the sort of medieval times of what they thought like medieval science and things like that Okay. Yeah, medical practices and you know what they thought would cure people now that we're in a pandemic why don't we talk about yeah. that sort of thing does that yeah, interest you guys our, our to stop this. I said why don't we cast our nets and find out how to stop the pandemic by looking yeah. at <laughs> yeah kind of hot tea and lemon and ginger maybe the answer <laughs> is looking into the past to cure the future <laughs> this is like a movie. We're all in a movie and we're going time travel back to the Black Death times to save everyone from 2020. Yeah, yeah. And saving somebody stopping Boris Johnson and Trump. <laughs> yeah. Wash your hands. You need a mask. No good. Today, I just feel like if we went back in time, listeners, 
Uh, one of my wee first years, I was getting them to do a timeline thing so they to look at like important events in American history. And one of the little girls put her hand up, who's very sweet, and I was like, yeah. And she went, can I add an extra one on at the end that says Trump assassinated and draw a smiley? Could happen yet. Yeah. Like still technically the president, so <laughs> all the assassination. <laughs> I better not. I can't say that because the, the bloody CIA or whoever's listening will come and kill me. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, um, praise be Papa Legba. And I'm going to go and drink some rum in his honour. I don't have any tobacco or pipe tobacco for him, but I'm sure he won't mind. I'm going to go try and lure Mama Brigitte into my house because I want to be her best pal. And Jeez. what are you going to do, Yaz? <laughs> yes! <laughs> Although, if you're at the Docket um, dog episode... Aye, dog uh, episode. Uh, not so good. Okay, bye! Bye! Crystal. Mess.